point towards Jesus and acknowledge his presence around us too. Hope you've been um, into Galatians in this last week. I reckon there's an anointing for these next few weeks to be able to understand Galatians and get in there and read it and, and just get it into our spirits to a much deeper way. We're not really talking about uh, principles and other things and wonderful truths. We're talking about the focus of our faith, Jesus Christ himself. And, and I do encourage you to, to read and reread and read and reread. Get a hold of the message I did last week if you weren't here. Um, I think you'll find it really interesting. We're going to keep going on. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to just cover a lot of ground. So I'm just going to cover it relatively lightly. Um, but I want you to see what Paul is, is arguing what he is so passionately um, speaking to the Galatian churches, and the Holy Spirit kept it for all of us because it's so true for us too. He's, he's passionately today, and, and last week as well, um, explaining that the gospel must be kept pure. If we muddy the gospel, we lose it, which means we actually lose salvation. We lose it in being able to talk to other people, but we lose it in our own hearts as well. He knows that if people lose the purity of the gospel and start trusting themselves instead of Jesus, we get it all wrong. And we can never be our own savior. That's the thing. Our part is to repent of our sins and believe in Christ's work on the cross. And trusting Christ makes us acceptable to God. Not our feelings. Not how we're feeling. Can I come to God today? Or how do I feel? No, not at all. That's just performance Christianity. If I think I've been good enough, I can come. If I think I haven't been good enough, I can't come. I'm a worm. I don't. He doesn't want to see me. He'll be angry with me. No, none of that. If we trust Christ, we can come at any time. That's the purity of the gospel. And, and we're going to look, start from that place where Peter um, forgets and, and brings some law into his relationship with God as well. And if Peter can go back to old ways of thinking, I reckon any one of us can fall back into wrong thinking. Yeah. <laughs> if even the Apostle Peter... This isn't before Jesus was uh, crucified and resurrected. This is after. This is him, the Apostle Peter, as one of the, the great statesmen of the church. Yeah. He still falls back. So let's read. Galatians chapter 2, picking it up in verse 11. But when Peter came to Antioch... I, Paul, had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. Say very wrong. wrong. It had just helped to cement it. What Peter did was very wrong. wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians, which he should, who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends from James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism. Um, from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. They actually insisted on a lot more than that. The, the Acts tells us they were called the, the um, sect of the Pharisees. So these are guys um, who had been raised in law, and they were saying, no, no, you believing in Jesus is good, but you've got to add in circumcision. And they had a whole lot of other add-ins that they wanted to add in as well. To be really right with God, you've got to do this and this and this and this and this. And they were heading right back into Old Testament ways of relating to God. But hello... We're in a new covenant, a better covenant. So, 
So Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. He was afraid of the criticism from these guys who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy. And even Barnabas was led astray by the hypocrisy. When I, Paul, saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why? Are you now trying to make these Gentiles, Giles, Gentiles, follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like these Gentiles, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with Christ, right with God, because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever, ever, ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. And that little argument, Paul doesn't take the time to expand. Um, He'll bring it up in, in, in other places. But he does say this. He says, rather, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. If I rebuild the old system of law, I already tore down. Many of us trust our keeping of the law to determine and whether we feel we can approach God. But we're sinners when we do that. If you rebuild that as the way to approach God based on your feelings, based on how you feel you've done in keeping the law, and you're not keeping the law, you're only keeping certain parts that you're aware of. But the law is so hard and so large No human being has ever, ever, ever kept it except one, and his name was? So don't rebuild this old way of thinking. If I feel okay, I can go to God. No. Paul says, no, I've already torn that down. I'm sinning if I go down that track. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self, you see, has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, the selfish me, the the old selfish part of me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I, the new reformed me, Live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Oh, oh, you foolish Galatians! Paul goes on, he's now, he said this in the very beginning. He says, who's bewitched you? Who's, who's convinced you to add... Some law to grace, but now he's saying something else. He's saying, you foolish people, the the contemporary English version says, you stupid Galatians. In modern idiom, he's saying, you idiot. You idiots. If it didn't work to get saved, why will it work to stay saved? 
Why, if it doesn't work to get us saved to add law, why can we do stuff in our own strength to live the Christian life? He's saying it's dumb. It's not the way of the gospel. You foolish Galatians, who has cast an, another, I would say, even evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as it had been, as if I'd given you a picture of his death on the cross. Me, 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 